Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we like to give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, this gives permission to others to shine as well. As you may or may not know, um, I, I have a cold, so you can probably tell from the nasal quality of my um, voice that I am sick, um, but I figured, you know, just like real life, when we talk to people in real life, you, you just got to go with it. So for those of you who are regular listeners, you know that I normally sound um, different than this, perhaps like Minnie Mouse, not so much like this <laughs> nasal quality. But um, with that apology in place, I want to very, very warmly welcome Stephanie Delfonso, author of Hello Freedom, From Trauma and Anxiety to Power and Strength. Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thank you, Susan. And I, oh, I feel so badly for you. I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. But I love that you're just showing up as you. Yes, yes. And just for the record, folks, I'm no longer in any pain. This is just the residual of a bad cold now, and we've all had them. So there you go. Yes, we have. And yet again, I really did want to, you know, highlight you showed up. You could have easily said, ah, you know, let's reschedule. And you didn't. So <laughs> kudos. Yeah, no. Um, if I rescheduled, I mean, like, this is real life. Everyone gets sick. I mean, you got to pick your battles. If you have fever, you don't go to work. I don't have fever. So here I am at work. And I love what I do because of guests like you. So because I know you and love you already, I'm inclined to, um, you know, forget to ask you the details. But instead, since most of the listeners who don't know you want to, why don't you tell us the details? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so this is my second act. Uh, my first act was as a celebrity radio DJ. I was Stevie Knox. Wow. And, uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> Shortened Stephanie to Stevie, and Knox was my maiden name. So I'm driving to work, doing the midnight shift, my very first job. And uh, the guy before me came out of a Fleetwood Mac song and said, that's Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, and Stevie Knox is coming up at midnight. So it stuck. So I had a 15-year run. I loved it. It was just like as much as you love what you do, yeah. I loved. This was like I, I used to say I had red blood cells, white blood cells, and radio blood cells. It was I just, love it. it was so fun. Uh, but then we traveled across the country, my husband and I and our family twice. We did cross two cross-country moves. And when we landed here in Connecticut 20 years ago, you know, I was like, you know, I was hot stuff. And I was not going to work at the local radio station for minimum wage. So I gave up my career and I was taking care of the family. And then my husband got sick and was told that he needed a liver transplant. And he was going in and out of liver failure a lot. And each time he was like really close to death. So I was like, okay, I don't have a career. I didn't, I didn't have a, I don't have a degree. I didn't go to college because I knew I was going to be on the radio. So I went and made that happen. So I was like, oh, great. I've got two small kids and uh, no way to support us if he dies. So I reinvented myself and that was right at the beginning of the coaching movement. Uh, it was, you know, really brand new. It was cutting edge technology back then where, wow, I could go, you know, I could go to school over the internet. Really? So I started my coaching and then I learned hypnosis and that's when all the puzzle pieces fell together. It was like, oh, change can happen 
this easily and this powerfully. And I ran with it. Literally before I had my uh, certification in hypnosis, I had rented an office, created brochures, a website, business cards. My instructor was like, wait, what? But I just knew that this was, it was so profound, Susan, to really understand how simple change can be. And I'm talking profound change. I'm not talking about, you know, like changing your, um, your blouse or whatever. I'm talking about deep, you know, healing level, profound change, and it can happen so easily. And so that was, um, gosh, the hypnosis was, I think, 15 years ago. And I've been witness to and part of incredible miracles through that time. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So there's so much for me to say here. I didn't want to interrupt you. But wow, I had no idea you were a radio DJ and I can totally, totally hear it. Um, yep. See that your energy comes across over this, the radio waves. And I think that's fantastic. So that being said, and then wow, that you reinvented yourself. I think a lot of women out there want to and don't know how, wish they had. And then there are those of us who have and are grateful for, you know, whatever gave us the guts and gumption to do it. So great for you by leading, uh, for leading by example. We're so, we're so, I want to hear more. I mean, I definitely want to know throughout your professional career, what you've done, what you do, what your proudest professional accomplishment has been. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, so part of it is, um, you know, those of us who have reinvented ourselves, what you were talking about in the intro about shining that light for others, you know, I think that it's like, oh, okay, let me show you, you can do this. Like, if I can do this, you can do this too. Uh, yeah. One part of the story that I left out is that, thankfully, my husband had a very successful life-saving liver transplant 16 years ago. And so I still, you know, I'd already reinvented myself, but, you know, that was a, that was a tough way. That was like, that was out of necessity. It wasn't like, okay, you know, now what am I going to do next? And it doesn't matter whether it's you're being forced into it like I was, or you're just like, all right, I know I can do something more. If I can do it, you can too. And it just, you have to look for those lights that can show you the way. And I think, you know, that's how that ties in with what you were talking about at the beginning, Susan, of, you know, being that light. If you start looking for those lights, well, okay, if she did that, what can I do? Yeah, so can we talk about that for a second. Um, I find women such as yourself who are confident and competent, secure, um, assertive and you you understand that it's a beautiful thing to own your story and to shine and to then shine a light on others what about the women who uh, and not just women but men and women who say uh, when a man shines and and speaks well of himself and his accomplishments or his work talent skills they say, oh, he's so confident in his abilities. He's much like a leader. He's got lots of leadership skills. But when a woman does the same thing, um, people are known to say she's so self-promoting. And I just find that so frustrating because I feel like if you're secure in yourself and what you do, and, and look, all of us have our own little fears and little voices in there that say, don't do that, you can't do that. But for those of us like you and me who've overcome those and who are out there loud and proud and shining a light on ourselves and others, um, I don't like to hear that people say she's so self-promoting. What do you respond? What's your response to that? Um, okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I don't want to spend my energy and time with That's people so like that. Smart. That's and, so smart. <laughs> you know, I think that I think I think that part of that comes with age. I recently turned 60 and I'm embracing it. But it also I think came from when I had my actual hypnosis office for 10 years. I closed it because now I work virtually so I can work with people around the country around the globe. But when I had my hypnosis practice, you know, there were people who definitely you know, what, you know, they made fun of me, they judged me, they thought I was crazy. And I will tell you that, you know, initially, I, it hurt, you know, it yeah. hurt, and I felt judged, and I felt less than. But then I realized, look at the work that I'm doing. Um, if you want to actually see some of the work that I do, go to sheconquersfear.com or you can find uh, it through my website of my name. Um, and you'll see a picture of Sarah who at 19 came to me, this beautiful young girl, and she was petrified of going on an airplane. Her family was going to go on an va incredible vacation. She wasn't going. Like, nope, I am not going. I'm staying home. And so we work together and you go to that web page and you will see a picture of beautiful Sarah skydiving, jumping out of an airplane. You'll see a picture of Sarah co-piloting a small plane. So that's like, whoa, that's pretty impressive. But then take it a step farther. And this is where like the work that I do, Susan, it's all right. That's like, that's great. You know, but somebody might say, well, all right, great. So she's flying, whoopee doo. This young woman who she was in college at the time, and I forget what she was, you know, where she was headed, because of the work we did together, it totally changed the whole trajectory of her life. And this young woman who, you know, her words had a crippling fear of flying, has created a business called the Five Foot Traveler, a very successful business where she has gone to every continent on this beautiful planet of ours and over 120 countries at last check. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. So she took what she learned from you and with you, applied it to herself personally, and now sharing that gift with others. Yeah. And so it's like when I started to uh, feel more secure because, you know, at first I'll be very honest, you know, I did, I do not have a college degree and, you know, I used to think like that made me less than, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't. I have life experience that I could never earn in a college or university. And so once I started becoming more and more confident that this wasn't just a fluke, that I was helping all these people make these miraculous life changes, then it was like, all right, you know what? Your opinion of me really is not something I'm going to take in. And that's a choice. And for somebody who's listening going, well, <laughs> you know, that's easy for you to say, no, it's not. And I really want you to understand that I have come through feeling less than, feeling insecure, feeling imposter syndrome, uh, but I hung in there. And so, you know, when you look at Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Just look at what's the next smallest step I can take. Yes. Yes. It's great advice. And I know that you know that imposter syndrome is a huge problem among women. Um, we have all suffered it at some point in time. Some of us has, have overcome it. Um, I don't know that I've ever been a huge sufferer of that, which is, you know, you got to be real, you know, own your story, be authentic, show your vulnerabilities, because pretending that you're different than or better than or less than someone else. It's just ridiculous. We should compare ourselves to who we were yesterday and that's it. 
Um, well, and, and you know what? I struggled with that for, for so long, Susan. I really did. And, and I share that so that your listeners don't say, oh, well, you know, she's got it all together. Uh-uh, I don't claim to. And I think that hopefully my intent is that by not putting on the masks and, ooh, you know, everything's great. And, oh, look at me. You know, no. It, okay. I have struggled with this and I've come to find the other side of it. Um, the book is Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. And it's because of my personal experience that I uh, didn't know until my mid-30s that I had struggled with anxiety my entire life. I didn't know any different. And when I found myself losing it on a bag of Cheetos because maybe the kids were whining or fighting or whatever, I'm like, okay, I need, a, I need some help here. And I had developed incredible insomnia, which is why I found myself smashing this bag of Cheetos because the littlest thing would set me off. So when I went to the doctor, he said, well, here, I'm going to give you a prescription, right? That's what you do. You go to the doctor, they give you a prescription. But he also said, well, the insomnia is because of the anxiety. And I was like, head snap, what? I didn't know that I had been struggling with this all the time because that's all I knew. So out of self-preservation, I started researching you know, after the medication failed me because I went on the medication. It worked for a short time, and then it stopped. And then it was like, okay, now what do I do? Because now I wasn't just, ah! now I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I take the pill and it doesn't work? And so it got worse and worse. So I started researching. And over 20 years later now, here I am with this book with 35 really simple techniques. And it's not that you're never going to experience anxiety again. I experience anxiety I won't say every day, but I experience anxiety because it's part of the human condition. What happens is when you know, all right, something's going to come and upset me, and you know how to deal with that, when you have built up the muscle memory of, oh, I start to lose my emotional balance, oh, I can bring myself right back, then you don't, you, if your listeners are old enough to remember, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down right? We don't flatten all the way down to the ground. We just lose our balance a little bit and then oh, bring ourselves back. Yeah, course correct. Course correct. Yep. So, um, so would you say your book is your proudest professional accomplishment? Ooh, that's a tough question. Maybe you haven't had it yet. You know what? I don't, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm obviously proud of the book. I never thought I was going to be an author, you know, because of being on the radio. I used to do radio and TV commercials back then. Uh, so I've always thought of, you know, audio and video as my communication form. But this book literally birthed out of me. It was just so easy because it was a culmination of over 20 years of my life's work. And so I'm very proud of it. But I think my, my, my most proud accomplishments are when I see my clients get free because that's what it's about. That's the work that I do is about getting free. And it's not about just, you know, oh, get, get my book, use the techniques and you're going to be fine. We all have trauma, whether it's capital T trauma or small tree trauma from our uh, childhood. There was a groundbreaking study that I was so thrilled to see. Um, and three days, I talk about it in the book, three days before my book published, Oprah was on 60 Minutes talking about the Adverse Childhood Experiences study, which was this amazing study with 17,000 adults done by the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, and Kaiser Permanente. So it's a very solid study. They asked 10 simple questions. 
did this, did you experience this before the age of 18? Asking about abuse, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, loss of a parent, addiction in the family, uh, capital T traumas. And what they found was astounding, Susan, that the higher you score on that, you know, I'm an overachiever. Of course, I scored high on it. Uh, not one you want to, but the higher you score on that, the direct correlation to physical and emotional dis-ease later in life. So if you score four or more, you have double the risk of cancer and stroke as an adult. If you score four or more, you are 12 times more likely to attempt suicide as an adult. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen, but it's a predictor. So the exciting thing for me is, oh, all right, that's a possibility. Let's choose a different one. Let's do the healing work on those, whether it's the capital T traumas or like with for Sarah, it was a small T trauma. And then you can get free. And then you're not like, oh, you don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to, am I going to get cancer or have a stroke? Am I going to be obese? Am I going to um, have uh, addictions? So it's, it's like the most exciting thing for me is that we can change that trajectory. That's awesome. That's awesome. Would you send me the link to that study and I'll include it in the blog that I'll write about you? Yes, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. And I would just say for your listeners, um, as you look at that, and then if you go and take the, the quiz, you know, if you score high, please hear. I'm not saying that means, oh, definitely you're going to you know, have any of those. It's a predictor. And what I'm here to say is we can change that. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of knowing, and I check my DNA. I check my, you know, all the predictive analytics I find as very beneficial tools. They're not absolutes. They're just uh, warnings, if you will. Yeah. It's just having the awareness of, oh, this is a possibility. How can I make that not happen? Yes, exactly. And it helps you, like we said earlier, chart your path or course correct yep. if you need to. Well, um, who has inspired you along this big, long journey? Oh, the list is so, so long, but do you know who came to my mind first? It's Louise Hay. God bless that beautiful woman. Um, she kept going until I think she was 81 when she passed a few years ago. So I look at her. She is really a, like a guiding North Star for me because she didn't really, she didn't hit her quote unquote success until she was in her late fifties and she kept going and she influenced, you know, she's the grand dame of the self-help movement. And so I look at her and I think, okay, if she can do that, then I can keep doing what I absolutely love and what I'm absolutely brilliant at until I choose to take my last breath. Yeah. I think she actually, because of who she was, her personal brand, her professional services, she um, is exemplary. Like a, she's, she's, wisdom comes with age personified, if you will. Yes. Since wisdom yes. is her service and product and brand, um, that makes sense to me that she didn't hit her stride until she was later in life because she was collecting her tools for the toolbox. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, she always came from that that you just spoke of, that, that that was her core. You know, I've seen so many people in the self-help movement, you know, they, you know, they get over-commercialized and whatever. And, you know, okay, that works for them, but that's not what, that doesn't resonate with me. So I think that's why, you know, when you ask that question, it's like, oh my gosh, all these people came flooding into my mind, but there was Louise Hay at the top because she was absolutely genuine and real. 
Yes, she was. She was Brene Brown before Brene Brown was around. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I love Brene, so. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. So let me ask you this. Um, how do you think that women can support other women, especially in professional services, since that's most of my audience is women in professional services? What can we do to support one another? Well, and that ties right back into where you were talking about at, uh, at the beginning with your mission of shining that light for others. And so, you know, I, one of the, my favorite phrases is a rising tide raises all ships. So instead of looking at other women as competition, look at it as a sisterhood. And I'm not saying be a doormat, you know, don't throw yourself down on the floor so, you know, they can climb over you. But when you lift your sister up, whether it's her or another sister is going to lift you up. So again, that competitiveness that, you know, let, let's tear each other apart and tear each other down. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help them. It may help you in the short term, you know, but do you really want to play a short term game? Or do you want to lift your sister up so she lifts you up and then on and on and on? It's almost like uh, the Rockettes. Um, I was lucky to be able to see them. We live outside New York City. So when the kids were little, we went in and saw um, the Rockettes at Rockefeller Center. And do you know that they, they're not holding on to each other? They have their hands behind each other's backs and they're just gently touching with one finger yeah. to keep each other supported. And so again, it's the, you know, you get to choose. It's competitive or it's supportive. It's fear and lack or it's love and positivity. So, you know, when you're tempted to take a shot at somebody in, in your working environment, you know, maybe pause for a moment and check and like, okay, is that, am I, com am I coming from a place that I want to? Yeah. Yeah, I advise people that, well, first of all, I say that I have plenty of footprints on my shoulders from lifting women up, not from letting them step on me. So I love that. I yeah, love that. They're badges. They're like the, um, the, you know, on a Navy captain's, the stripes on his shoulders. Those are my, <laughs> those are my stripes. I love that, so, Susan. Yeah. Um, the name escapes me what they're called. Darn it. Um, I have a Navy captain husband and I should know that, but uh, let me ask you this. It's not always been easy for either one of us. We both know that. But tell the audience what maybe was your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? I think my biggest challenge and setback was, you know, hearing that my husband needed a liver transplant and there was really a very small chance he was going to get one. And I had, you know, here I am with these two small kids and I'm like, you know, okay, how am I going to support us? And so that was, I, I can't even tell you like how I survived that because I was in survival mode. Um, literally, Susan, he went into liver failure 12 to 15 times. And each time, wow. I'm not going to go into the graphic details of it. It was horrible. And like, literally he was inches from death. Yeah. So he was not, after he got his transplant, first of all, he was not the designated recipient. So, you know, I believe in miracles. He was not the designated recipient. He was the backup we have no idea who the, the designated recipient yeah. was or what happened. But when I spoke to one of his doctors afterwards, he goes, I never thought he was going to get one. I wow. never thought he would get a transplant. And so, you know, out of those challenges and, and out of those ashes, I reinvented myself and am 
you know, not just for myself, but for anybody that I work with, anybody that I can touch with my words, even if it's just to say, hi, I've been through this storm and I survived. So whatever storm you're in, I know you can, I know you can survive too. Stephanie. I didn't know, I didn't know what the rating of the the show was. (laughs) (laughs) My listeners know me personally. They, you can certainly say shit on my show. And there have been many others who've said far worse. Um, Again, real life, right? So, well, that's powerful. And I guess, yeah, I mean, I have, have experienced you know, what do you call, what you call as a capital T trauma more than once and used it to fuel and empower me to choose love, not fear and abundance, not scarcity. So yep. um, I, you and I speak a lot of the same language. Um, well, before we close up the show, I always like to well, first remind people that I'll put your contact information in the blog, but I also like to close with a, can you tell us something surprising about you? Now you've, now you've riddled us with tons of great surprises. You've had such a colorful life and you've done a beautiful job of reinvention. But is there something maybe that even people who know you well may not know about you? Yep. I was the original automated voice. Long what? before Siri was Siri. Move your bananas to the belt. To listen wow. to your messages, press one. <laughs> I love this. This uh-huh. is great. Oh literally, my God. Literally, this was, you know, this was the very, very, I, I was the first one. It was the very beginning of all of this. And my husband traveled a lot. And so we lived in, in South Florida. And he would be in a hotel room in Chicago. This is be- long before cell phones. And, you know, do you remember in the hotels we used to check? for voice messages yeah. on the hotel phone, which I would never touch in a million years now, knowing how germy it is. But he would be in Chicago and hearing me say, to listen to your messages, press one. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I think- Isn't that fun? <laughs> so Stephanie, um, I opened the show with, I know her well, and I'd like you to know her. I didn't know you well at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You're full of surprises and I love everyone. Um, Thank you. <laughs> channeled all of your experiences um, into a wonderful, wonderful you. I will say this in closing, um, we win or learn, never lose. Win or learn, never lose. So Mm. if people want to reach you, um, let's give them your email or some way, maybe LinkedIn, whatever you'd like. How can people reach you? They can find me through my website at stephaniedelfonso.com. Hopefully you will put that in the show notes because who knows how to spell that. Um, I'm on (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find me. Certainly, certainly. So I will put all of your social and your website, your email and anything else you'd like me to put in there. Um, folks, you'll be able to even buy her book on the blog cast that I'll put together. So Stephanie, thank you so much for all that you do. And I know I speak for all of your, your client. I'm not a client, but I'm a friend. And I feel like um, every time we talk, I learn something new. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for showing up even when you're not feeling 100%. That is shining the light of we can do this together. Oh, that's super sweet, super sweet. So I try to show up unless I'm, you know, fever of 101, I'll be there. (laughs) Well, I'm sure glad you're here today. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening.